0: Hi, welcome to BooKey. Today we will unlock the compound effect, jumpstart our income, your life, your success. First, let me ask you a question. Between receiving $3 million immediately or receiving one penny that doubles for 31 days, which one would you choose? It's not a hard decision, right? If you understand the profound effect of compounding, you would likely choose the latter, one cent doubled for 31 days. Why? Let's make a comparison. Say you choose to have 1 cent at the beginning but have it doubled for 31 days and your friend chooses to receive 3 million dollars. What will happen? On day 5, you will have 16 cents. On day 10, the money in your pocket increases to 5.12 dollars. On day 20, you possess 5,243 dollars, while your friend is still bragging about his 3 million dollars. When it comes to day 29, the value of your asset turns into about $2.7 million, although it is still less than your friend's. Now it's the last day, day 31, and the original one cent has now become $10,737,418.32, three times more than your friend's money. You turned the tide around and left your friend far, far behind, even though he had a huge advantage against you at the beginning. That's the magic power of the compound effect and the secret to success. The author of today's book, Darren Hardy, believes that success is a matter of science and that it has nothing to do with a person's luck. As long as you understand its principles and follow its rules, you will live your dream. Darren Hardy is a live example. Based on the principles he acquired in this field. He achieved an annual income of more than $1 million at age 24, and established a company worth $50 million at age 27. Why was Hardy able to discover the principle and use it to amass a fortune? It all started with his job as the publisher of Success Magazine. This job let him stay in the center of the personal development industry, and he needed to interview six successors who were among the best in their industries every month. It's safe to say that he had collected all the insights and wisdom this industry has to offer. With excellent case studies on hand, he compiled and analyzed their best ideas, weeded out any superficial and extravagant remarks and polished them down to the most essential principle of success to write this book. The compounding effect is a detailed and specific action plan. If you can make full use of this book and let it guide your daily activities, you will definitely live your dream. Now, let's get closer to the truths about success in 6 parts. Part 1, the compound effect in action. Part 2, the start of the compound effect, choices. Part 3, the key of the compound effect, habits. Part 4, the helper of the compound effect, big mo. Part 5, what is influencing you. And Part 6, a little bit more effort. Part 1, the compound effect in action. Let's start with the story of three childhood friends, Larry, Scott, and Brad. They grew up together and lived in the same community after each got married. Their lives shared many similarities. Their cognitive abilities were equal, their annual incomes were all around $50,000, and even the weight and health conditions of these three were close, at overall and average level. In their mundane day-to-day life, Larry was satisfied with the status quo. Although from time to time he might complain about how ordinary and boring his life was, he didn't harbor the desire to change anything. Unlike Larry, Scott starts making some seemingly trivial but positive changes. Every day, he would read 10 pages of a good book and listen to inspirational broadcasts for 30 minutes during his commute. Meanwhile, he decided to cut 125 calories from his diet by, for example, Eating one less bowl of cereal, drinking sugar-free soda water instead of Coke, or putting mustard on his sandwich instead of mayonnaise. On top of all, he also regularly went out for exercise. He would walk an extra 10,000 steps, which was barely equal to one mile. All of his new habits did not require a revolutionary transformation, nor did they require strenuous efforts or courage, but they were enough to improve Scott's life. Our third friend, Brad, however, didn't stay on the right track. Instead, he bought a big-screen television to better experience his food programs. As a result, he learned numerous recipes, his favorite being desserts. His muffins, in particular, were loved by every member of the family. With such an emotional support system, Brad began making more and more food and thus began eating more and more. He also installed a little wet bar at home to fix a drink every week. His changes were not significant, and Brad was having just a little more fun in his life. Five months later, there was no difference between the three friends. After ten months passed by, Larry stayed the same, Scott was still reading books and listening to audiobooks, and Brad was still enjoying his life. When it came to the 18th month, however, there were some slight differences in the three's appearances. Changes visible to the naked eye started to emerge at about month 25, and they became more and more noticeable at about month 27. At last, at month 31, The differences were plain shocking. First, the weight. Larry was his same old self, but Brad grew fatter with the help of those food channels he watched. He weighed over 33.5 pounds more than before. Scott became fitter, weighing a stunning 67 pounds less than Brad. But Brad's shrinking weight wasn't his only surprise. After more than 1,000 hours of reading and improving himself, he got a promotion and a pay raise. Even his marriage became happier than before. Brad, on the contrary, started to experience poorer sleep quality and health conditions due to the excessive food he ate every day. Lack of sleep made him lethargic and grumpy, which affected not only his performance at work, but also his relationship with his wife. He found it hard to find the time and energy to accompany his family. Moreover, his growing stress made him increasingly rely on food for comfort. He entered a vicious circle. Before long, his wife started to complain, and when complaining was not helpful, she chose to isolate her emotions to protect herself. As a result, the two became estranged from each other, leaving their marriage on the verge of collapse. Larry, however, was still the same. He felt satisfied with his current situation but sometimes bore a little grudge. This demonstrates the power of the compound effect. It allows you to gain tremendous rewards from a series of small but smart choices they may seem momentarily inconsequential, yet they can produce a profound effect. Think about it, is it true that without your notice, the gap between you and your peers will be widened? The longer the time frame, the wider the gap will be. Sometimes, you might wonder why the person who was similar to you or even below you in the past suddenly achieved huge success, but their success comes from each choice they made long ago. However, one good thing about the compound effect is that as long as you are patient and can stick to your plan, You are certain to realize your goal. So, it sounds easy for us to make good use of the compound effect. Why haven't more people started using it? One reason, according to Darren Hardy, is that we've been fooled for too long. To promote their products and services, businesses trick us into believing that there is a quick fix for basically everything. They preach that anyone can have a pair of slim tights in 30 days, build a real estate empire in 6 months. Or become 20 years younger with the help of a magical cosmetic product. After being bombarded by exaggerated advertising lines and slogans, the public developed a twisted understanding of how to become successful, straying away from the truth. Worse still, these quick fixes require people to make such dramatic changes that they stand a good chance of becoming quickly exhausted by the plan and giving up. Even if they can summon the courage to try again, they are highly likely to hit another brick wall. After encountering several setbacks, they might start blaming themselves, believing it is because they are too lazy, too weak, and too stupid that they can't be as successful as the marketing advertisements claim they will be. Before long, those people will have less and less confidence and courage. However, if you look into the stories of the older generation, you will see that they seldom believe there are any shortcuts to success. They chose to work hard. Discipline themselves and continue to apply the skills they acquired in their youth day by day to finally reap the fruits of success and wealth. Now you'd imagine their children would learn from them, be as diligent as they are and live a successful life, but sadly this isn't the case. Oftentimes wealth skips a generation. The wealth the hardworking parents gain usually doesn't encourage their children to step forward and continue to grow the family fortune. Instead, they are like the frog being slowly boiled alive, letting their guard down in a comfortable environment. As they didn't earn the achievements by any effort, they don't think they should cherish what they have and won't take the principles adopted by the older generation seriously. Just as Hardy says, nothing fails like success. Here we come to the end of the first part. We now understand how the compound effect drives the once similar people far away from each other. And we also learned that nowadays the public turns a blind eye to this principle because of the quick fixes promoted by various advertisements, they would rather adopt a delusional shortcut. On the other hand, the children of successful parents can reap what they have not sown, so they don't have the ambition to do what will make them successful and thus come to nothing. Part 2, The Start of the Compound Effect, Choices Have you ever been bit by an elephant? Probably not. A mosquito? The answer is highly likely to be a yes. Similarly, in our life, what stings us the most is the little things. We seldom encounter any destructive events that threaten to turn our life upside down. But the small, frequent, and seemingly insignificant things often throw us off course. Our life is the accumulation of each of our choices. However, the biggest challenge we face is not that we are about to make a wrong decision but to be unmindful of those choices. That means we are subconsciously making bad choices without even noticing what is going on, like sleepwalking. Without consciousness, we can't think about the pros and cons of our behaviors and their underlying consequences, so we tend to make a series of bad choices and stray further and further away from success. The reason why people tend to make decisions without thinking is that they don't realize that everyone should take full responsibility for their choices and their results. It's easy to accuse others, right? I'm not getting ahead because of my lame boss. I'm always in a bad mood because my kids are driving me crazy. Or, I would have gotten that promotion if it hadn't been for that backstabbing co-worker. It seems like everyone else should make a change, except for you. But Hardy believes our life has nothing to do with others, and that we should be 100% personally responsible. For example, let's think about this question, what percentage of responsibility should one take in a relationship to make it work? Some may say 50 percent, as it is fairest. Some argue that it's 51 percent because the extra effort proves your love. However, the right answer is 100 percent. Only when one is willing to give 100 percent and ask for nothing in return can this relationship work out. Otherwise, they leave the relationship to destiny, which will easily destroy it. Hardy further argues that you should even take responsibility for your luck. If you feel you are just unlucky and, because of circumstances and environments, you can't succeed in doing something, Hardy will tell you these are just excuses. As long as you are alive and healthy and have enough food, then you are incredibly lucky because, beyond those things, your luck simply comes down to a series of choices. Your misfortune lies in the fact that you can't take advantage of luck when it falls upon you. Hardy sums up a complete formula for people to get luckier. He believes, luck equals preparation plus attitude plus opportunity plus action. Preparation calls for personal growth. Only after you prepare yourself with enough skills, knowledge, expertise, relationships and resources can you grasp opportunities as they arise. The second element, attitude, indicates the principal reason that people often feel they are unlucky, as they simply don't believe that luck is all around us. If one doesn't believe, they won't look for it, and of course, they won't see it. Opportunities, or the good things around us, happen spontaneously. In this part of the formula, luck isn't forced, but when it comes to the fourth stage, action, it's time for you to step in. It is the fundamental factor for having good luck. You can only have good luck if you take action on the good fortune that comes to you. Lady Luck is an equal opportunity distributor, shining her blessings on all of us, but if you hold an umbrella overhead, you are turning her away. You've got to hold your face up to the sky. So, stop blaming other people or the environment. Doing so will only victimize you and deprive you of control over your life. What you can control fully depends on how much responsibility you can take. Now, you may wonder, where can we begin? How can we be fully accountable for our choices? Here, Hardy provides one of the best tools he has ever used in personal growth, a notepad. Hardy recommends that we should track every action that relates to the aspect of our lives, we want to improve and write them down. It's a simple but effective practice. As we've discussed before, oftentimes we make decisions without even noticing. Hardy used to be such a person, ignorant of his financial situation. He earned a fortune in his youth through real estate deals, but when his accountant told him that he owed an overdue tax of more than $100,000, he found he couldn't afford it. The accountant wondered where he had spent all of his money, to which Hardy had no answer. The money he earned passed through his hands like water. As a result, following his accountant's suggestion, Hardy started tracking all the money he spent for 30 days, be it $1,000 for a new suit, or 50 cents to pump up his bicycle tires. While he was logging every payment, he was surprised at how much money he had spent unconsciously and how much he had wasted in this way. This habit of tracking raised his awareness of his behaviors, helping him understand, confront, control, and eventually change them. Having a clearer understanding of ourselves by inspecting our daily behavior helps us take the first step towards taking full accountability and consciously making better choices. With the help of a small notepad, Hardy changed his relationship with money. Later, he also tried to improve other aspects using the same method, including his diet, exercises, Work and personal relationships. He suggested that we start with a relaxing and slow pace, recording one habit in one week, and then gradually extending this habit to other aspects of life after progress was made. Gain an understanding first, and then make a change so as to take back control of your choices and life. This brings us to the end of part two. We talked about the fact that it's usually not the obvious or significant events that destroy a person, but small and seemingly negligible choices. The reason behind this is that people fail to realize it's important to take full responsibility for our lives, be it our choices, relationships or even our luck. To do so, we need to first better understand ourselves. One of the best methods is to keep a notepad with you and write down every choice you make. This can help you stay conscious when making a decision instead of going downhill without even noticing. Part 3 – The Key of the Compound Effect – Habits In part two, we mentioned that our life is the result of each one of our choices. Step by step, day by day, these small choices shape our behavior and cultivate our habits. Psychological research shows that 95% of what we feel, think and do is a result of our habits. Our habits make us react to most situations in life on autopilot, and these reactions gradually develop into our temperament, characteristics, and lifestyles. In the words of the ancient Greek philosopher Aristotle, we are what we repeatedly do. However, one downside of running on autopilot is that we won't get a clear idea of where we are going. As we let habits take the wheel, different habits take us in different directions. Good habits take individuals towards their highest potential achievements. They will become more knowledgeable, gain more experience, and earn more money. People without good habits will be deeply trapped in a downward spiral. Most people find it hard to escape this spiral due to the instant gratification our bad habits provide. Such gratification often overwhelms the concern of your rational mind regarding long-term consequences. Because we know that we won't gain 50 pounds with one bite of a cake, nor will we lose any of our abilities the instant we skip a training course. We don't have the motivation or ambition to say no, thank you to the immediate gratification our bad habits promised. As a result, we are enslaved by them, becoming reactive and non-thinking animals. You should note that the compound effect can also be applied to negative influences, and take people into much worse situations than they could have imagined. Say there's a plane scheduled to fly to Los Angeles from New York. After taking off, the plane happens to be only 1% off course, and the plane will never make it. It will end up about 150 miles from its destination, landing north of Albany or even in Dover, Delaware. So, if you want to achieve your goals, you need to eradicate all the bad habits that keep you off course. Many people believe willpower can help one overcome those habits, but habits are like a grey bear, and willpower is a towel. If you want to keep the bear away from your picnic basket, it's not enough to just cover it with a towel. We need something stronger, such as Why Power, according to Hardy. Why Power asks people to find what can ignite their creativity and intrinsic motivation. It goes beyond money and material wealth and recruits your heart and soul to join the fight. One great example of why powers is the power parents will have when their children are in danger. We can derive our why power from both love and hate. These are powerful sources. You don't need to force yourself to become some sort of humanitarian. All you need to do is to dig out your core motivation, the things you value the most. If you can apply them appropriately, your anger, fear and anxiety can all be your why power. After we find the driving force ridding us of bad habits, we can talk about the specifications we can take to improve ourselves. Here are five useful strategies for you to uninstall bad habits and install good ones. First, identify your triggers. When you are tracking your bad habits, you need to figure out four important elements, who, what, when and where. Suppose you want to quit drinking alcohol. In this case, you need to figure out the following for questions. Is there a certain person, or multiple people, with whom you will be highly likely to overdrink? What emotions tend to make you drink the most? Stress, boredom, or sadness? When do you feel the most extreme and urgent desire for alcohol? What situations prompt your drinking problem to surface? Having a clear answer to these questions will increase your awareness of the problem, although this may not necessarily be enough to break it. So, let's continue. The next step is to clean your house. You need to get rid of everything enabling your bad habits. In our previous example, that means there should be no wine, wine glasses or even shakers in your house. Nothing should stay. Thirdly, find a surrogate. A surrogate is a less harmful habit that you can substitute for old bad habits and also fulfill your desire. For example, if you crave something sweet after dinner, how about eating some Hershey's Kisses instead of three scoops of ice cream which definitely have higher calories. If you have a habit of eating crunchy snacks while watching TV, you will be better off eating some carrot sticks instead of a whole bag of tortilla chips. Strategy number four, ease in. For some of our deep rooted bad habits, we will enjoy better outcomes if we can gradually make changes and take it easy. Hardy adopted this strategy himself. Once upon a time, his wife's doctor told her that she needed to cut off caffeine due to some physical conditions, and Hardy decided to do it together. In the first week, he replaced 50% of their daily coffee with decaf, and by the next week, they started drinking completely decaf. In week 3, they went to decaffeinated Earl Grey. And then decaffeinated green tea the next week. Although it took a month for them to rid caffeine from their diet, they didn't suffer any side effects. No headache, no sleepiness, and no brain fog. Strategy number 5 encourages people to just jump in. Contrary to the previous strategy, some people find it easier to take a hard line and change their bad habits in one swoop. This can be unbearable at the beginning, but it's like going to the swimming pool when it's cold, after several rounds of shiver. You will be comfortable and refreshed when you get used to the water temperature. Quitting all your bad habits at once is not conventional, but is one of the choices. You need to figure out what works best for you. Maybe in some aspects, we need to slow down our pace while in the others, a big leap forward is all that we need. Now, this brings us to another question. Do we need to quit all our bad habits to have a successful life? Not necessarily. You need to fight habits that can enslave you, so we need to routinely examine our lives to be on guard for them. For example, it's okay if you are drinking a little to have a rest or celebrate something, but if you find you start drinking to excess to numb yourself, then steps have to be made so that you won't continue to go downhill. You can abstain from alcohol for 30 days to make sure that you are still the boss when it comes to drinking. You are the one in control, not the other way around. If you realize that it's hard for you to stay sober for this process, and you harbor this strong desire to drink, now you have a habit that you really need to change. With our bad habits out of the way, now it's time for us to introduce some good habits into our life. Hardy lays out six strategies for this. First, set yourself up to succeed. If you want to get fit, keep a blocked schedule of time dedicated to the gym. If you want to lose weight, don't store any junk food in your fridge or cupboard. Want to avoid binging on vending machine snacks when hunger pangs arrive? Keep nuts or other healthy snacks in your drawers. Second, think in terms of addition, not subtraction. If you want to control your diet, don't think about all the foods you can't eat, because you would think about them all day and create a craving for them. Instead, you can think about what you can put in your diet. For example, tell yourself that you are going to have a salad and steamed vegetables and fresh figures. With this mindset, it will be easier for you to change. Third, make a public display of accountability. Making an announcement of your new plan on social media turns your family, friends, and co-workers into supporters. Such pressure will help you become more disciplined. Fourth, find a success buddy. Hardy has a peak performance partner. Every Friday at 11am, they will have a 30-minute call and share their success and failure with each other. Telling each other how they improved the plan, asking for the other's comments, and thus making progress together. Fifth, competition and camaraderie. Only by adding a little friendly contest will people keep their engines running at high speed. You can choose to organize some events at home to encourage everyone to adopt healthy habits. Sixth, celebrate. All work and no play make Jack a dull boy. It's important to give yourself some rewards every week or month, even if it's little. You can go for a massage, have a meal you like, or even just spend some more time in a hot tub. When you finally realize the ultimate goal, remember to reward yourself so that you will continue to step forward. The human brain is plastic. When you direct your attention to healthy lifestyles, a neurosignature, or a series of interconnected neurons that are related to these behaviors will be activated and guide you to do good things and have positive thought patterns. Similarly, when you keep a distance from bad habits, the signature related to them will have a lower activity level. When we form new habits, we drive new grooves deeper with each repetition, eventually overpowering the previous ones. Here ends the third part of today's bouquet. We understand that our life is shaped and our choices are determined by our habits, and that the instant gratification offered by bad lifestyles makes it hard for us to get rid of them. That's why we need Y-Power, the core motivation of each individual that can give us enough fuel to quit improper habits. We also talked about specific strategies to stay away from bad habits and cultivate healthy ones. Part 4, The Helper of the Compound Effect, Big Mo Do you know why successful people can become more successful, rich people richer, happy people happier and lucky people luckier? This is because they have Big Mo. What is Big Mo? Imagine a hand-pumped water well. If you want to get water from a well that is miles underground, you have to press the lever to pump the water. At the start, some people are overly excited and committed and pump the water really hard, but they give up if they don't see any water coming out for 10 minutes or so. But there are always people who persevere and keep pumping the lever. At first, they can only get a few pitiful drops of water, but they are patient and continue to do so. Before long, they can see a steady flow of water. Once the water comes out, they don't need to press the level as hard or as quickly as before. Consistently pumping the lever does the job. That's the magic of Big Mo. Similarly, steam trains need a lot of steam to move forward. The process starts slow, but once the wheels start turning, Big Mo is here and everything will become easier. Big Mo is momentum. People who are couch potatoes tend to stay inactive, while people who get into a rhythm of success tend to continue to succeed. Both of these are because of Big Mo. When you keep persisting and build up enough momentum to keep moving forward, Big Mo will come to your aid and you will be unstoppable. But oftentimes, when people begin developing a new habit, they always push themselves too hard. As a result, just as we mentioned earlier, they will tend to repeatedly stop and start the whole process. However, rebuilding momentum not only takes a lot of time and energy, delaying success, but also preventing Big Mo from visiting. On the surface, slacking off a bit just seems like taking a little break. After all, what harm could it be done if you skip the gym for one day? However, the loss of single action can lead to the utter collapse of the whole system. When you lose consistency, you kill Big Mo, and your entire progress suffers a loss of power. How to remain consistent, then? One way is to include the habit you want to cultivate in your routines and rhythms. Turning the new action into an autonomous behavior so that it will be like brushing your teeth every day. In this manner, it's possible for you to be consistent and build up enough momentum. Why are routines so useful? Military boot camps are a notable example. There, minor tasks like making beds, shining shoes, and eating become top priorities, demanding great precision. Why is this necessary? This is because building routines is the only way to help new soldiers, who come to camp as weak, frightened, and slovenly teenagers, morph into lean, confident and mission-driven soldiers. They become able to operate with instinct and precision in the face of a chaotic battlefield when facing death. This is also the case for the routine checks of pilots and the discipline training of Olympians. All of them are seeking to develop autonomous responses and eventually instincts through routines. Although our lives do not need to be as rigorous as theirs, with helpful routines we too can harness the power of Big Mo and achieve more in our lives. Building routines at the beginning and the end of the day is greatly important. As long as we control the time after we wake up and before we go to sleep, it's like fixing our day with bookends and the time between will become more manageable. Hardy's morning routine consists of three things, think about what he is grateful for to give himself a sense of abundance. Send love to someone, and think about his primary goal and decide his three things to do that day accordingly. Before he goes to bed at night, the first thing he does is reflect on his performance for the day, and then he opens his diary and writes down what he did and what new insights and good ideas he had. Lastly, he reads 10 pages of inspirational books so that his brain can continue to absorb these nutrients after he goes to sleep. Of course, there are times when he will occasionally break his daily routine and switch up the order to add some new and beneficial adventures to prevent Big Mo from being scared away by boredom. We can also learn from him by establishing our own bookends and creating routines and, with persistence, wait for Big Mo to visit us. Here we conclude part 4. A successful person can become more successful because they have Big Mo. However, most people start off too hard and quickly run out of steam, which will drive Big Mo away with repeated breaks and restarts. Routines are a great way to welcome Big Mo. It will only come if you incorporate things that need to be done into your daily routine and stick to them day in and day out. In particular, your morning routine and evening routine are of great importance. They can help you develop your own rhythm and build up more momentum. Part 5 – What is Influencing You? In this part, we will talk about external forces that influence our choices, habits, and behaviors. Every one of us is under three types of influence. The first is input, which is what you fill your mind with. The second, associations, or the people you spend time with. And the third, environment, the world around you. These may seem trivial, but in fact, they have a very strong influence on us. Let's look at them one by one. First, inputs. Our brain is designed for survival, so it is constantly on the lookout for threats. If you leave the brain to run on its own, it will become immersed in fear and worry all day. As a result, we need to control the input and be selective about what we feed our minds. Content that is positive and encouraging is like fresh water, while negative, counterproductive, and destructive information is like sewage. Different inputs make you think differently, and different thoughts give you different expectations, which direct your output. So, it's safe to say that what you are allowing yourself to absorb is what you will do. Therefore, we need to guard our minds, refrain from piddling away our time on entertainment and useless information, put ourselves on a media diet and fill our minds with positive information. Do not give negative information a chance to take control of our minds. Next, the associations. Do you know what kind of person you are? As long as you find out the five people you hang out with most often and calculate their average level, you will know the answer. If all of these five people are athletic and well-built, it's unlikely that you are a lazy person who doesn't like doing exercise. If your friends are all negative people, it's also unlikely for you to stay positive. As a result, if you want to have certain traits, go and make friends with people who have the ones you desire for yourself. With some time, these traits will become yours. We can evaluate and put our associations into three categories, dissociations, limited associations, and expanded associations. Dissociations are people who refuse to grow up and is stuck in negativity. We have to be ruthless and break away from them. And you have to be prepared for the fact that they will fight you when you make such a decision because your decision to live a more positive life is like a mirror that reflects their own poor decisions. As a result, they will unconsciously try to pull you back. The process can be very difficult, but you have to leave. Limited associations include people with whom you can spend some time, but not for long because you don't want to be influenced by their attitudes or behaviors. Remember, don't stay with them for any extended length of time. Expanded associations refer to people who will leave a positive impact on you. One way to expand the interaction with those people is to build your own personal board of advisors, by selecting high-minded achievers based on their areas of expertise, creative ability and personal charisma, and ask them for advice and feedback every once in a while. Another way is to harness the power of the internet and connect with any mentor you want. If you find it hard and impossible, you can learn from their books, programs, or any other kinds of work. As long as you have the desire, you can get the resource you desire. Lastly, the environment. Hardy points out that this environment refers to not only the physical environment but also the psychic environment. You should try every means to alter or change things that will dilute your energy, block your momentum and hinder your development. If you allow destructive environments to remain around you, they will eventually reflect on you. For example, if you tolerate disrespect, people won't respect you. If you allow tardiness, people will start to waste your time. Here we conclude part 5, in which we discuss three aspects that will influence us, inputs, associations, and environment. We need to control what we feed our minds, select people who we need to associate with, improve our environment to gain positive influence and cleanse ourselves of any deeply rooted negative impacts. Part 6 – A Little Bit More Effort Next, let's learn a few tips that can amplify our results by doing just a little bit more. The first method is to strive a little bit more when you reach your limit. Arnold Schwarzenegger, a world champion bodybuilder and famous action actor, has a weight training method called the cheating principle. When you reach the maximum number of lifts in perfect form, it's time for you to slightly adjust your waist or lean back a little bit to engage other muscles to assist the working muscles. This will help you break your personal bests by 5 or 6 more representatives and the training result will be greatly improved. The representatives you do after you've exhausted yourself expand your limits, which is the key to your future achievements. The second way is to do a little more than is expected. Hardy says it's important to find what people expect and exceed it, especially when it comes to small things. Doing better than expected guarantees you an excellent reputation, which is certain to multiply your results and make you stand out in a group. When you promise to deliver a five score result but instead you deliver a six score, the extra will be a surprise and impress the other party. This may seem trivial, but in a world where people often fail others' expectations, this will become your secret weapon. Above is the content of part 6. We introduce the secret weapon in the compound effect. All we need to do is to expend a little more effort, and then we can enjoy a multiplied result. Here we come to the end of today's bookie of the compound effect. This book reveals the secret to success, the compound effect. It is regretful that people nowadays easily lose themselves in what is promoted as rapid success. As a result, they continue to consume themselves with ineffective methods. If you want to apply the compound effect, you need to first be fully responsible for every one of your choices and decisions by noting them down and being aware of them. Next, harness the Y-power to break bad habits and develop good ones. Include the habit you want to cultivate in your routines to recruit big mo. Moreover, we should pay attention to external factors that influence us, including inputs, associations, and the environment. If you want to enjoy a multiplied result, then please do a little more than you think you're able to and exceed others' expectations. You will be surprised. You have now grasped the essence of the compound effect. Why don't you start to take action now and make the effect a powerful tool to help you succeed? If you are interested, welcome search Bookie and listen to the full audio instantly.